Well, good morning, Redeemer Church, Colchester. What a privilege it is to be able to join you on your International Sunday and to be able to speak to you from God's Word. Uh, as I was looking at the church website in preparation uh, for this event, just noticed that scripture from Revelation 7. And so I'm going to preach from that scripture today um, because it's all, it's, it, there's so much in there for us and we'll trust that the Lord will use that to uh, stir our hearts in a fresh way and, and really lift our heads to be able to understand with spiritual understanding and, and embrace with, with our new hearts all that the Lord wants to do in the earth. So let's look. Revelation 7, um, John has just uh, seen a, a, a vision. Well, the whole thing's a vision, isn't it? The whole, the whole of the book is a, a, a recording of this extraordinary vision that John has. But he's just seen 12,000 from each of the tribes of Israel that have been, that have been sealed by God. And, uh, and then he goes on, and we're going to pick it up in verse 9 of Revelation 7. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these clothed in white robes and from where have they come? I said to him, sir, you know, he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this amazing vision. The, 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 the breadth of it, the depths of it, the height of it. I just want to pray as I unpack some things from this passage and we think about your plan, think about your purpose, that we'd be caught up in it, that we'd be made bigger on the inside, that you'd increase our spiritual lung capacity so we can breathe in more and more kingdom air, more and more uh, of a sense of what's going on in your mind and in your will and in your heart and carry that inside ourselves and that we'd, we'd have the grace from you Lord to be able to build our lives around this I pray for that Lord in Jesus name Amen for, for all of us we we are uh, whether whether we are the kind of people that like to travel and, and 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 enjoy the different cultures of the world and other things or whether we're much more homebound and um, that's not really us. Either way, f for all of us, we, we are way more parochial. We are may way more local than the Lord is. We, uh, we have our little home comforts, our little ways of doing things that we think are right. 
and 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 other ways that we think are wrong we we it's 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 partly just due to the fact that we are compared to god just so limited in our experience in our understanding in our perception of people and customs and ways um and also we're familiar with certain things we like certain things because they feel familiar there are some things that just make us feel uncomfortable we don't even know why and it's just this is one of the reasons why we we so need the lord's help when thinking about the nations of the world and also at the moment you know culturally speaking you know before the, the coronavirus became the main headline what 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 you will remember is there was lots of lots of items on the news about growing kind of uh, populist nationalism across the world you know becoming much more of a a force politically people becoming um enamored with their own nation to the point that their concern for other nations or other peoples uh, was dwindling and um and and very much a kind of a mentality where people from other nations were viewed as the baddie almost automatically now i'm not making a political comment here uh, as such more just a comment on how it's very very easy to go in on ourselves it's very very easy to particularly you know if times get hard you can just think about self-preservation think about just keeping your own little box <laughs> tidy yeah you're just just you know run in your lane and don't worry too much what's going on over here or over there and there's definitely a wisdom in attending to those things that, that we need to but you know the lord so wants to expand our heart and this amazing vision that we have here in revelation 7 is um it, it shows us it helps us to understand that there will be around the throne people from every tribe tongue and nation and that's been promised right from near the start you know it was uh, right back to abraham you know god god said every people group will be blessed through you that word there it's not just talking about nations as we think of them 200 and whatever, however many there are officially it's 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 a, it's a smaller group than that it's more maybe clan is a better word every clan will be blessed through you there will be a representative of every clan in heaven there will be people gathered around the throne from every clan waving those palm branches now those palm branches they they really symbolize victory that's one of the that's that's what those palm branches back in the day would have symbolized it's a it's a victorious thing and um, and salvation is the victory of god salvation is god's victory over all of the powers of evil salvation is god's victory over uh over the power of sin in our own hearts those things that, that that power that grips our own hearts and causes us to go our own way causes us to serve and worship created things rather than god at the cross that power was defeated god won um salvation is victory over the powers of darkness that oppress and torment people uh, the bible says that at the cross those powers were exposed disarmed laid bare that Jesus, through this seeming kind of defeat, this seeming humiliation, conquered through his obedience to the Father. Salvation is victory. And so when we see people from every clan gathered around the throne with these palm branches, you're realizing that the victory of salvation has reached to all clans, has reached to all people, that somehow every people group, every, every language, every tongue, every dialect, came under the sound of the gospel and from every people group every dialect every clan people were saved 
people heard and believed. People heard the message and to them it wasn't crazy. It wasn't foolish. It was the power of God. People heard about Christ crucified and the Holy Spirit opened their eyes and they were never the same again. And today, if as a result of this sermon and the other things you're doing over this Sunday, you, you can leave your service or the virtual service or in person or wherever you are, however you're doing church, but you can leave the service so, and, and with a sense of enlargement, a sense of enlarged faith, a sense of enlarged interest in what's going on around the world, a sense of enlarged compassion at the extreme uh, suffering and, um, and, and darkness that, 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 that goes on in every nation and in every people group a sense of enlarged concern. That's a, if, if you can leave this service as a church, as you're making lunch or eating lunch with your heart burning, your heart racing a little bit faster, an ability to feel that, yeah, I wanna, hey, I wanna regularly pray for another nation. I wanna regularly pray for another people group. I wanna regularly find a way of investing, investing in, this great commission and and this is really it this is really what it comes down to in Matthew chapter 24 Jesus says that the gospel that the, the, the end will not come until the gospel has been preached to every people group every ethnos every clan every people group that the end will not come until and so if you can imagine whole churches mobilized to give prayer to give money, to give concern, spiritual concern, to give their hearts, and in certain cases, physically, to give themselves to go. Can you imagine churches mobilized in that way? That's an extraordinary vision. That's a vision, that's a church that will, as Peter says, hasten the day of his coming. Now, we don't understand. I don't know, how does it work that the Father has set the day and the hour of Christ's return. And at the same time, we can hasten the day of his coming. You know, that's a mystery. That's a scriptural tension that you think, I don't know how that fits with that. I know both are true. I know, but, and I know that Jesus has given the great commission to the church. He said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I commanded you and I will be with you as you do this. And what a privilege it is that as whole churches, whole communities of people, we can be caught up in this. It's not something for the specialist. It's not something just for that person. You know that person, every church has a few that persons. You know, they're just amazing. <laughs> uh, and every church needs people like, and hallelujah. But most of us are not that person. Uh, but all of us can be engaged. All of us can be engaged. You may be at the service today, and you're, you know, you're you're on you're online, not not just because of COVID, but because you're housebound. You think, what can I do? What can I, what can I do towards what? What? How can I invest myself? What can I bring to the table to play my part in seeing people from every tribe and tongue and nation gathered around the throne, waving? victory people redeemed from every nation i tell you so much 
so much. You can personally support pioneers that, that go. You can pray. You can really make such extraordinary ground praying. If you're feeling your heart stirred as I'm talking like this, let me urge you to get hold of the book, Mountain Rain. I think it's by Elizabeth Crossman. It's a wonderful book. It, it, it covers a story of a, a missionary to China. I think it was back in the, uh, I think it was the late 19th century. And really what he discovered was what God unlocked to him over years, really, of really tough, tough missionary work was, was the key to prayer and praying with faith. And in the end, he mobilized so many people back home in the UK to be praying specifically and strategically. They saw extraordinary breakthrough. I encourage you, maybe that's your main contribution to this. Maybe it's finances. Maybe God has called you to business. You make good money. Um, and it's it's not the right thing for you to give most of your time, for example, to move into another country as a missionary. Maybe that is not the calling of God on your life. You can be just as engaged, though, with that mission through intelligent, spirit-led, relationally connected giving. So you know where it's going and it's going directly into the fulfillment of the Great Commission. I tell you what, you know, um, reaching the people on your doorstep, in the UK we are increasingly uh, privileged to have people from all around the world living down our streets and on our estates and going to the same schools and colleges as us or as our children or in the workplace. And, um, you know, I, I wonder if one of, the, one of God's strategies in, in reaching every nation is through migration. And I wonder if, if, if there are numbers of people who find themselves in this nation and other nations where the gospel is preached and that God's plan is, is to save them as he saved us, and then is to put their nation on their heart so that they might go back. They've already got the language. They've already understand the culture. They already know people there. And they can go and live a life for Christ in their nation. Currently at the moment, we've got dear friends who are doing exactly that. We, we ran a, a, a very small, unimpressive youth club, 25 24 years ago um, in inner city London, just opened up the doors for 11 to 14 year olds, come and play table tennis, snooker, come and buy sweets in a tuck shop and come and hear about Jesus. Um, and uh, a young lady, after a couple of years of served in this, a young lady of aged about 13, gave her life to the Lord, then her brother did. Then a kind of distant cousins, a friend of the family, did who, they, who she then married. Um, and now all three of them, they are, they are back in their home nation in a far-flung corner of the earth um, as missionaries. They've gone back. It's extraordinary to see they don't have to spend years learning the language, the culture, getting to know people. Well, they do have to get to know people, but they already know people who are introduced them to other people because their families are still out there. It's extraordinary. I wonder if that's one of the Lord's strategies. And I just want to encourage us to, to, to have a broad vision, see what the Lord will do. You know, 
There's another chapter in Revelation where there's such um, celebration. Celebration. It's in Revelation chapter 5 and it says this. And if you're listening today and maybe you don't yet know the Lord Jesus yourself personally, maybe you're you're zooming in or you're you're at, at the school hall or whatever you guys are currently allowed to do. And um, but you this Jesus is not yet a reality in your soul. You don't yet know him. You might have an interest, a growing interest, be finding out about him, but you've never known him personally. Listen to what it says about him. It, say, it says uh, there's a song that is sung to the Lord Jesus. It says, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. And this scroll here represents God's purposes and God's decisions and everything that God is working out in his purpose on the earth. And they sing this song to Jesus, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. Listen to this, for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you've made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. You know, we get we get ransomed, we get, we get brought back, we get brought back from futility, we get brought back from just living for ourselves or living for created things. We get brought back from darkness and shame and guilt. We get brought back from judgment. We get redeemed. That's what redeemed means. We get brought back. We get brought back from all of those things by the blood of Jesus. As we believe in him, as we simply like children, put our trust in him. Say, yeah, I want to cling to you. Lay my burden of sin and guilt and shame at the cross and cling to you. And as we do that, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus ransoms us, washes us, brings us back to God, brings us. We know we've come home and we know we've come home. And I want to just say to you now, whether you are today as, as, as British as they come, you're as homegrown as they come, you're Colchester through and through, or whether you find yourself at this church today from a far flung corner of the earth. Notice what that says there in Revelation chapter 5. Notice, because it's very, very important. It says that by your blood, you ran to people for God from every tribe and language and nation hallelujah hallelujah that's the plan of god that's the purpose of god that's the gospel put your trust in jesus the bible says whoever calls on the name of jesus will be saved as you call on his name you will know something's different something's changed what's going on i tell you he has come to you and he's given you a brand new heart and you'll never be the same again it's an absolute miracle and i want to call on you to do this and before I wrap things up, I want to just leave you with a, a reflection, something to consider about different cultures and different nations. It's a very important one. I learned this years ago and it's really, really stood me in good stead. And it's something for us all to reflect upon. Every culture of the world has, spiritually speaking, three elements to it. Every culture of the world has elements to it that, that just they're not godly. You know, they're not godly. It could be things like uh, corruption. There's some cultures are just full of corruption, you know, uh, and, and things like that. Um, it could be dishonesty. Uh, it could be vengeful. Some cultures are very vengeful. Um, it could be kind of deceitfulness. Some cultures, you know, they, they now obviously I'm generalizing, but culture is that it's a general thing. And, um, you know, every culture has things about it that are ungodly and dark, which means that for all of us, when we come to know Jesus, there are things we need to leave behind. 
There are things we need to say, do you know what? I might have been brought up in that. And every generation that I can think back to has done that. But that's, that does not look like Jesus. That doesn't reflect the kingdom. And that I'm now a citizen of God's kingdom. I'm going to repent of that. Drop it. Ruthlessly cut it off. Even if it causes some offence with members of your family or your or your, or your group of friends, because they don't get it. Nevertheless, there's a ruthless sense of saying, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. And uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that every culture has elements about it that are godly, that just, they give you a head start. Yeah, I, so, so some cultures are really known for their justice. You know, there's a straightness about things other cultures aren't known for the fact that they can express they can express emotion in a in a healthy way you know there's, a, there's an emotional health uh, about the culture some cultures are known for their joyfulness others for their gentleness um, and these are beautiful things these things they look like the kingdom and, and and when you have a church that is increasingly multicultural you get the multiplication of both those things so you'll get things where you annoy each other a bit more or things can creep into the culture of the church that needs sorting out and talking about because you're bringing in stuff that's it's not good. But there's there's also a multiplication of good things where we must learn from one another. We must um, we must find out how do you? Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, is everyone in your nation like this? And we learn these things we bring from our culture, you know. But also every culture has things that are just neutral. They're neutral things. They're not, you know. It uh, could be like. A certain genre of a style of music, a certain sound of music. It's not godly, it's not ungodly, but it's just, it's still to be celebrated. It's a unique makeup of what that what that culture is. It could be a particular way of dancing, it could be um, a particular way of of relating. And and it's just, like I said, it's not wrong, it's not right, but it's enriching. It's enriching. And really, I want to just I want to draw your attention to those things, I guess, for a number of reasons. Number one, let's be discerning. Let's not just defend everything about our culture. Let's learn and grow into what we're going to really celebrate here and say, hey, these people in the church, they can really help us as a whole church in this area of godliness. Why? Because it's part of their natural culture. They're just ahead of the game. Hospitality is a great example. I would say that for the, the British, the kind of your home is your castle. That's like a negative. Certain other cultures in the world, unbelievably hospitable. That really is a mark of the kingdom. So you say, teach us. Teach us this, this generous heart. Teach us this, this, this embrace. Teach us this sense of um, you know, loving the stranger. Show us, show us how to do this. Because we, we benefit from one another. But also that we, we learn to leave things behind from our culture. You think, my culture is always lying. We just say... We just say things to please people, but it's not honest. We've got to leave that behind and learn to speak the truth in love. So we grow in our discernment and other things that aren't right or aren't wrong, but we just make room for one another. We make room for one another. We, if we're going to try and be seriously you know, diverse, that we, we don't, if someone's dressed in a certain way, we don't kind of talk about it all the time, make them feel self-conscious. It's just, no, that's just how they, they just express him where they're from just just accept them you know you can say, you can say that you, I like your dress or whatever but don't keep talking about it all the time just 
accept one another, see beyond, see beyond the superficial. Don't always talk about the superficial, build relationships with one another. Maybe that's the main thing. You kind of understand one another and feel safe with one another without relational foundation. Build great friendships and relationships together. It's good to be friendly, but we need more than that. We need friends. It's good to be friendly, but we need to go deeper and allow relationships to build. Let me encourage you, extend yourself to those who are different from you. Open up your heart, learn, listen, ask questions, in a, in a, not in a quizzing, scrutinizing way, but you know, out of loving interest and, and, and care. Get to know one another. Put the time in. You never regret it. The church is the most extraordinary place. It's the place of victory. It's the place of unity and diversity. It's the place where we don't just indiscriminately celebrate everything about one another's culture. Neither do we indiscriminately condemn everything about one another's culture. But with gospel lenses, we look through and we go, what, what are we going to really celebrate here? What are we going to let go of here? And as we maturely go on that journey together, Jesus builds something amazing. It will come to its climax, as we read earlier, in that moment where there's no more misunderstanding, no more pain, no more trauma. God himself wipes away every tear from our eyes. But for now, the church can be a prophetic community that points towards that day where there's healing, reconciliation, growing love. Then we're on the right tracks. I want to encourage you in that. Redeemer Church, go for it. Keep learning, keep growing, keep embracing all that God is doing among you. God bless you.